Well, good morning, folks. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to go ahead and grab those and make your way to the book of Acts, and we're going to be in chapter 13 this morning. Acts chapter 13. It's so good to see everyone. If uh, you're new here, or maybe you've been coming for a few weeks, my name is Ethan, and I'm one of the pastors here at the well, and so it's such an honor to have you worshiping with us today. I hope you find yourself at home as you get to worship Jesus with everyone else here, and I hope you make some friends before you leave today. Um, and so you can have connections here at the well. But I'm so glad you're here. I'd love to meet you after the service today uh, if I don't know you. So you feel free to stop by up here. I'd love to shake your hand and get to know your name. Today, we are going to be walking through a, a passage in Acts 13 that is very near and dear to my heart. And you're going to see why here in just a moment. But today's sermon is a phrase. It's called, it's a phrase you've heard before in our church. And today's sermon title is Sending Capacity Over Seeding Capacity. Sending capacity over seating capacity. There are a lot of seats in this room. Um, in fact, it is, this room is so big, it is why, if you don't remember, before the pandemic, uh, when our church would gather together, we would put up pipe and drape in this room. And so we'd have like this NASCAR team uh, that would come in before the Sunday gathering, and we would put up these walls in this room just to kind of like make the middle section a room, uh, just so we could have everyone together because it would feel like the room would swallow us. Um, it's just a, a large room. And so when it was built, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful facility, um, there was space for many, many folks to come in and worship here on the hill at University Baptist Church. And so it's, it's a blessing. Now, for a long time, and I don't believe this is the case of University Baptists or the church on the hill, but this is what happened in the church world. For a long time, the scorecard, the success of a church was measured by the three B's. And so if you've never heard this, I'm about to enlighten you. But they would measure success of a church by the three B's, which was budgets, butts, and buildings. And so if you had a nice budget and you had a nice building and you had plenty of people to fill the seats, then you were doing good as a church. And so that was the scorecard. And so some pastors and leaders and church members would aspire to have, you know, bigger buildings with more seats so that they could put more people in them just for the sake of having a big group of people. It was that kind of, if you build it, they come mentality. And so, while I don't believe that's the case for all large churches, and I love large churches, I'm thankful for large churches, I do believe if the end goal is just to have a large church, then the church itself is missing the point. See, I do hope and pray that as our Lord, as our God grows this church, we would fill this place with believers. I sincerely hope that. But it's not just because we want to fill all the pews in this room, but it's actually for something very, very different. And it's something we want to celebrate differently. See, in our church, we value sending capacity over seating capacity. And what I mean by that is in some ways, we care more about the day you leave than the day you come. Now, I know that's odd for, to hear a pastor say, but as J.D. Greer says, the future belongs to churches that send people. Churches that instead of stacking up members in one place, they send them out into the mission field. Sometimes moving cities for the sake of the gospel. 
It seems that the pattern in the New Testament is sending people from local churches to begin new work in under-engaged areas with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today, what is happening is this, is that this is our last Sunday with some of our college students and before they head out back to their hometowns for summer, I wanted us to come together for this particular Sunday for this reason. At the end of this sermon, um, we're going to invite three of our church members up, and we will be laying hands on them and praying for them as they move to go be a part of church planting efforts here in the South and even the complete opposite corner of the country. A one-way ticket for people that believe in this idea of being sent over just filling a place. And so today, my hope for you is that you will see the biblical foundation for sending out some in prayerful hopes that not only would these three be sent out today as they prepare to take this step, but that God would even raise up more within our church family to go. Where in some ways, instead of getting bigger, we are working to get smaller that you would value sending capacity over seeding capacity and in the process of it be stirred by the word as the Lord enlightens you in this direction. So today you may be here considering, praying about being sent. Some of you see this in the future. I want you to listen in closely today as we see how the Lord and the Holy Spirit works through the church at Antioch and sending out their members, sending out their people. So let's read in Acts chapter 13 and see a biblical foundation for sending people. Acts 13, the first three verses, Luke writes, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. And then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. Let's pray together and we will ask the Lord to teach us this morning. Father, since we began, we've prayed about being a church that would be about the kingdom and not our own castle. A church that would be focused on sending our best to go to some of the darkest places around the world. And so, God, I I, I pray that today you would advance this passion within us to see some of our best go for the sake of the gospel so that when we enter into eternity, there would be more saints who we have yet to meet but will meet one day because we said yes to sending. And so, God, I pray that you would Teach us this morning how this is so within the church and that you would mold us and shape us in such a way. God, we pray that you would work now and only you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. So this is a very simple passage, these opening three verses. And what you have going on is in the book of Acts, is all throughout the book of Acts, it is based on the advancement of the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. 
And so what started out in Jerusalem with the disciples and the church being born in Acts chapter 2, they are going out, as Jesus said in Acts 1-8, where you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so now in chapter 13, they are present at the church at Antioch. And so this gospel mission has continued outwards. They're preaching the gospel regionally, locally, nationally, and moving even into the international context past this. And we see the gospel on the move, this movement happening all throughout the book of Acts. This is what it is about. And so in this passage, at a close examination, there are three components of ascending church that I want us to see distinctly From these verses, three components of ascending church. I'm going to give these three to you, and then we will walk through each one of them. But the three components of ascending church, number one is calling. Number two is praying, praying and fasting. And then number three is going. So we have calling, praying, and going. Let's examine that first one for a moment. That when you have a sending church that is about taking their best and sending them outwards, we look at chapter 13 in these opening verses, and you'll notice what was going on. They're at the church at Antioch. They are worshiping. And then notice what happens in verse 2. In verse 2, you look at the passage, and the Holy Spirit speaks to them. He says, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul, for the work, watch this, to which I have called them. Set apart them for the work to which I have called them. And so the Holy Spirit has given them a unique calling to be sent out. He's given them this direction to leave Antioch and to move on to the next place where the Lord would have them. It was a calling. See, God uniquely calls people into being sent out. There is a reality in which all of us are ministers of the gospel. All of us are uh, called by God to share the gospel. But then there are times in our lives where God gives us a unique calling where we are sent out from the church we are present at. See, God uniquely calls people into being sent out. For example, when folks join our church, one of the things that happens at Well Weekend or before you join in with a membership conversation, one of the things we ask everyone, and in your covenant, when you covenant with this church family, is this, is that we ask, do you sense and feel a distinct calling from God to join this church family? Do you sense the Holy Spirit's leadership and guidance to join this church family? And so folks, as they pray about joining in, we sincerely hope and pray that everyone who covenants with our church and becomes members here, they actually feel a unique calling to this church over one down the road. Not that the other one's better or worse, but we hope and pray that you sense that unique calling. See, church planting and sending people out into the mission field, this missionary call has a distinct, unique calling as well. And so the Holy Spirit called the two of them, and they responded in faithfulness to go on to the next task. And I wonder today, how many more of us, if we would listen in, that the Holy Spirit has been calling for us to go, for you to go, to a new place. There's a pastor, his name is 
many of you know him, and his name is David Platt. And he once shared a powerful illustration that I really think is helpful for this. He has given this illustration in his books and in sermons. But the idea is that as a Christian, you and I ought to write a blank check to the Lord. Now, to preface this, some of y'all may not know how to write a check because I know what year we live in, so let me explain. So hang on. When you sign a check, don't know what that is. It's that little paper thing in a checkbook. When you sign your name on that, in the bottom corner, you verify it is yours. But generally, what you do is you write who it's to, then you write the amount on there, and then that piece of paper, that check, is worth that amount to that person. But the idea is that we would write our names on a check resembling our lives, but we would leave it blank and hand it to the Lord. And say, God, whatever you want from our lives, you have it. It is yours. It's the moment where we recognize the Lordship of Christ, where He is over everything in our lives. And we could, He could call us to do anything. And I pray that is the heartbeat of our church when it comes to church planting and living scent. That we would sign our names on a check, we would give it to the Lord and leave it to Him blank. Saying, God, my life is yours. My comforts, my wants, my desires, those will come second to what your call is for me. That's what my hope and prayer is for us. And so particularly in regard to planting and to sharing the gospel, the Spirit called Saul and Barnabas out. They heard his call and then he said, they said yes. I pray that God would call more of us out to send us to new places. Are we listening? Are you listening to the call of the Holy Spirit today? Are you not only listening, but are you willing to go? There's a calling in ascending church. Not only is there calling, a unique calling into the mission field, into planting or missionary work, but number two, there is praying happening within the church. If you look back at this passage, he says, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them out. And so the church has been worshiping. The church has heard this call. And then they commit to fasting and praying for these brothers. Going to the Lord, asking that He would go before them, that He would empower them, that He would strengthen them to take the gospel to those that need it. To be a sending church, Ascending church must be rooted and grounded in prayer. I'm quite the fan of a good campfire. I do love those. And we have one of those uh, portable ones, a solar stove in our backyard. And I'm the guy, if you ever sit around a fire with me, I like to put way too many logs in it. Uh, and it makes Lexi really mad, but it's all right. And I like to put a lot of logs in it just because um, it grows the intensity and it's warmer and it's just more fun because everyone has to stay longer when you do that. And I love that. That is an example of what's happening with people being sent and prayer within the church. See, the same goes for sending folks. We pray and pray and pray pray. And it is like throwing logs into the fire of our sending efforts prayerfully that more would rise up, that more are developed, that more are sent as we go further into the mission of God. All of this so that we could send more. And so we as a church, as these three brothers, as they get ready to 
uh, take these steps over the summer. And then even daily in our efforts in this city and on the campus, we pray asking that God would do a wonderful work in us and through us and to the next person up who's ready to hear and receive the gospel. It's why we pray every day at 10.02, asking that the Lord would send workers into the harvest because the harvest is plentiful. And so how could we not go? And so we ask and we pray earnestly that the Lord would do a wonderful work through sending in this church. In your day-to-day life, do you have time where you pray for sending efforts? Do you pray for people that we have sent out? Do you pray for our church plants? Will you pray on a regular basis for the folks we are sending out today? Pray for them. Fast for them. Pray that God would do a wonderful work through them and that even you would be open and willing to say yes if God were to call. See, Paul and Barnabas were sent out and so the church laid hands on them. They prayed and they went. So number one, we see, we see the calling. Number two, we see the praying. And then number three, we see the going component of ascending church. He says in that final verse, in verse three, he says after praying and fasting, they laid their hands on them. And the key word, they sent them off. So Paul and Barnabas were sent out. It was a one-way journey. They moved as the church laid hands on them, and then they went. If you were here this past October, we had our annual gathering of all of our church plants in the Weld Network. And so if you've never heard of that, we just have a family of churches that are about planting other churches. And so we have a sister church in Florence called the Well Church, and then ours here, and then another sister church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama called Church of the Oaks. And we announced at WellCon this past October that we were going to be planting a new church in the city of Jacksonville, Alabama, to be for the campus and for the city and for the nations right there in the middle of that town. And so what we did is, if you were not here, we brought Malachi Cole and his bride Liz. They came up here, and we commissioned them. So we paused, we prayed, we laid hands on the both of them, knowing that they were going to leave us. They were going to move. I called Malachi two days ago. He was on the way to Jacksonville because he saw a house on Zillow that morning to put an offer on it. Malachi, he's, he's something about me. He's one of my closest friends. Um, we've been friends a long, long time. And selfishly, I wish they weren't going. I wish they were here. Like, I wish they could be at this church and like they could be a part of our church family and that we could just continue our lives together and we could have memories made together. We could do all these things together. But in the kingdom, God sees it wise and best for them to go. And so here in a few months, they're going to pack their bags, they're going to load the truck, and they're taking their one-way trip to Jacksonville to begin a new season of life there. And they're going to be leaving home and leaving friends and leaving those things behind for the sake of the gospel to build a new home, new friends, and a new town as God brings to life a new church. It's challenging, but let me tell you, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Perhaps today, some of you need to move with the people we're sending out today. 
perhaps some of you need to pray about moving into church planting efforts in a new place in the years to come. It's a radical call. I understand that. But it's actually something we see modeled in the New Testament. So they will move for the sake of the gospel. I pray that even more would rise up and go with them. Church, I pray that our sending capacity will be greater than our seating capacity. It may not mean we'll be the biggest church in town, but I'm okay with that. As we say yes to people going to the ends of the earth. In our church, we will have moments, and they're called gospel goodbyes. They're both joyful and a little challenging. And that's where we lovingly, joyfully send out folks for the sake of the gospel. And so today, we are going to do that by commissioning three of our own. And so while we're all together, our college student population is here, all of our church family is here, I wanted us to pause in light of Acts 13 and just pray for these brothers as they get ready to move. It's a gospel goodbye so that when they prepare to go this summer, we will say bye, but know that this life is temporary and that one day we will meet more brothers and sisters prayerfully by their efforts of being sent out. So I want to invite Jake and Alexander and Ben, if you guys will make your way up here. So let me tell you about these three guys. Uh, Jake and Alexander and Ben are uh, either recently graduated or about to graduate in the next uh, uh, two or three weeks. And these three have been at the well a long, long time. And so you know them, you love them. They are near and dear to our church. Uh, but uh, I hope everyone loves them. <laughs> so <laughs> you may be thinking, yes, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So these three distinctly feel this church planting call. As we have taught through life with the three of them and prayed with the three of them and considered this with the three of them, each one of them has said yes to church planting and moving to a new city. And so Jake and Alexander, both uh, prayerfully, if the Lord wills, as he is looking like he is doing now, got jobs in the city of Jacksonville, Alabama, and they're going to be moving this summer to join Malachi and the team at the Banner Church and help them plant that church in the city of Jacksonville. And so they'll be for the campus and for the city and for the nations in that place. And so uh, Ben has accepted a job with Boeing, and he's going to be heading to Seattle, Washington. And one of the things I loved about talking to Ben was when we were talking about church planting and the next step in life, he said, for me, it's church planting first, job second. I said, let's go. <laughs> that is awesome. And so these three feel this call. And so it is our responsibility to encourage them, to pray for them, and to send them. And so this summer they will go. But here we will be their base, their sending church, as they go and take the gospel to new church plants around our state and even Seattle, Washington. And so if you are a dear friend or maybe a family member or just a close brother or sister to these three, I just want to invite a handful of you up. You can go ahead and just make your way up here, and we're going to pray for them. And so don't be shy. You feel free to come. If you'd like to pray over them, we're going to lay hands on these three. You guys can go ahead and make your way, whoever that is.
and we're going to ask the Lord to do a profound work through the three of them as they prepare to go this summer. Anyone who wants to come, you're welcome to come. All right, let's pray together. God, you are so good. And we have been so blessed to have these three as a part of our church over the past few years. And God, to be here today as they prepare to go into church planting environments and new towns, God, I pray that all this, every single bit of it, will be done for your glory and for your kingdom. God, we know it's not about our castles, but it's about you and what you've done through your son, Jesus. And so, God, I pray that you would prepare these three to be bold lights of the gospel in these cities. There are folks who are in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you have chosen these three to go. And so, God, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would give them endurance and perseverance to go and and to be these missionaries in these different uh, towns. And so, God, I pray that there are folks that we don't even know yet that will trust in Jesus, that will be discipled by these three, that will be raised up in a local church, and prayerfully even one day they would go and make disciples and they would be sent out as we live this life of being sent. And so, God, I pray that we as a church, we would just rally around these three, being their support, their encouragers, their prayer warriors, as they walk through this next season of life. And God, I pray that the kingdom of God is magnified wherever they go. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for allowing us to have this season with them. And God, I pray that as they go from here, that in all these things, you would receive the honor and the glory. Let us live sent today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hey, can we praise the Lord for these three? Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, brother. That was hard. (laughs) All right, folks. The reason these three are living sent is because the Son of God was sent to us. They are being sent out because God loved us and sent His Son to us. In our sin, in our rebellion, and what we have done, the Lord in His genuine and intimate care for us sent His one and only Son so that you and I would be reconciled back to Him. And so this sending posture is a reflection of the ultimate form of sending, which was God sending Jesus to you and I. And so today, if you are here, and maybe you're trying to figure out why, why on earth would we be willing to send our best to a new place this summer, like why would we be willing to do that? It's because we have a wonderful Savior, and His name is Jesus. Amen? Today, if you're here and you've never trusted in Jesus, these three know the worth of the gospel. I pray that you would see the beauty of it today, that it is indeed good news. And that you don't have to be good enough. You don't have to measure up. You don't have to go to church as much as you think you have to go or give to the church or live on mission to be saved. It's none of those things. 
But the salvation that we can find in Jesus is a gift and it can only be received. And so today, if you have been trying to earn this salvation, you've been trying to achieve it, stop trying. And come to Jesus where He says, let all come to Me who are weary and heavy laden and I will give them rest. He will give this to you today if you would trust in Him. The book of Ephesians says that even though we were dead in our trespasses and sin, we have been made alive in Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. You may be here as spiritually dead, but let me tell you the good news of the gospel is that you can be made alive today. You can be raised to life in the same way Christ was raised from the grave and you will be given eternal life. You will be made a new creation. You will be adopted into His family and you will spend an eternity with Him if you would trust in Him. And so if you're here, knowing that the Lord is calling to you, don't wait. But in this next moment, you give your life to Jesus as you hear Him call to you. So let's pray together and we will give this time to the Lord.